Hello everyone, I'm Mark, the chief writer here at Maltopia, and I just wanted to remind you the sleep-wake cycle is but one of a series of interconnected horror podcasts within the wide and weird world of Maltopia. For Easter eggs, crossover events, and additional lore, please check out our other series, The Shepherd of Wolves, Red Mother, Grimland, and The Damnation Machine. And be sure to check out our free content on our Patreon page for additional lore and stories. For even more Maltopia content, consider becoming a patron. Starting for as little as $2 a month, benefits range from additional art, update videos, early episode access, our mini-podcast series, October's Children, both written and full audio pieces, such as The Lost Library, Tales of Maltopia, and The Weird Book. You can also gain access to our found footage show, The Weird Tape Series, and even our Patreon-exclusive, fully-produced audio series, Devil's Clay. So, with all that said, I will leave you to the darkness. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. 
Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. There was a very small part of me that had hoped the silentage was destroyed by the time we'd returned, so I didn't have to so much as look at the dim again, let alone manipulate it for the sake of getting inside. And naturally, there was the part that just wanted to be free of everything. Let the world to its fate, abandon the fight. I was sick of monsters and conspiracies and madmen and... Well, maybe that part of me wasn't so small after all. For better or worse, the silentage was just as we'd left it. And after saying our one-sided goodbyes to Carface, I encircled us in the dim as we snuck back in through the back door. After I was back in my room, all I wanted was a cigarette and a nap. But I knew we needed to fill Mesmer in on what had happened, what was waiting for all of us in the darkness and blowing snow. Isaiah and Shane were still doubtful of his innocence in all this, but like my brother, I had a gut, and it was telling me he was clean. Compounding my instincts was the fact that when Mesmer showed up at our rooms, he definitely looked like a man who was glad to see us. Thank heavens you're all back. Spider and his men have practically taken over since you've gone. They've replaced all our security with their own people, and are even speaking of a curfew. Everything justified by that interloping creature they discovered. But, far more importantly, were you successful? Were you able to get word out to Ninth House? Hate to pile on, Doc, but that's a big fat no. And not only that, the Carnivian are out there in force. We ran into a massive horde of the things on our way to the Kepler station, which had already been massacred by them. Oh god, no. There's no hope, then. We have no choice but to turn the Selaking over to them. Oh, 
All I can do is get as much insight from him as I can before handing him over. Whether that will be enough to help us stem the flow of the dim, oh, I, I don't know. I, I doubt it. He was, as they say, our ace in the hole. Isaiah deliberately left out the part about the voice over the radio, as if he'd already assumed it was Mesmer and wasn't giving him the satisfaction of remarking on it. Or he wanted to make Mesmer sweat the fact that we hadn't brought it up, making him think we might have figured something out and were keeping it to ourselves. But Mesmer didn't look anxious, just horribly disappointed, his gaze turning inward, likely imagining the consequences of his failed attempt to save the world. But I wasn't going to waste time suspecting Mesmer, so I filled him in on the rest. That's not all of it, or even the worst of it. Someone's orchestrating all this. What, what do you mean? Right before we could get a message out through the communications array, we received a video message. It was someone disguising their identity, taunting us. They said they didn't want anyone else invited into the situation, and that they were essentially turning us over to the Carnivian. A second later, and the towers were taken out by lightning. What? Who... who would want that? Spider? But I don't think he could have even known about it. Well, he could have got to your security guy. I mean, he knew we was looking at maps and that you swapped our snowsuits. Once he figured that out, it ain't hard to put two and two together. If that were the case, why would he have let you leave in the first place? And how would he have even gotten the Carnivian to sack the station? We'd just started yet another round of Who Done It, and it was about as useful as the last one. But I'd come up with a plan, one that I liked about as much as the one that had me dragging around the dim. Doctor, is Pill still confined to the neural regulator? Yes, he is. Um, why? It's something he said to me, that his mind operates like a great big file cabinet. If I could get inside his head while he's mentally incapacitated, I might be able to use his mind to access information, just like a file cabinet. He intimated that he knew a lot more than he was letting on, so if there's something going on below board, it might be kicking around inside his head. Getting to him could be a problem. Since the consortium's taken over security, they've posted a guard right in front of the lab where Pills is being held. They've been giving us access to him, for the purposes of our research, but there's always someone present in the room. I'm not sure how they'd react to your being there. Are the guards posted inside or outside of the room? They're outside, on either side of the door. Is there a adjacent room, something on the other side of the lab wall? Um, I think there might be a storage room on the opposite side of the back wall, but I'm not sure how that's going to be useful. Are there guards posted in the hallway with the uh, storage closet? No, I, I don't think so. It's just a utility area, nothing of importance. Are you going to tell me why you're asking me all of this? Just spitballing, Doc. I was uh, hoping there might be another way in, that maybe we could sneak inside. But, uh, doesn't look that way. I didn't know what my brother was up to, but it was something he didn't want Mesmer to know about. He'd likely tell me all about it the moment Mesmer was out of the room. In the meantime, we should keep up appearances. The last thing we need is anyone suspecting us of anything. The consortium would likely keep us under a closer watch, or worse, confine us to our rooms indefinitely. 
But what about those monsters, the, the Carnivian? Surely they'll be here in no time. Shouldn't we try and, I don't know, concoct a reason for letting the Consortium know that they're out there, so that they might prepare a defense? The Carnivian would have been here already if they wanted to be. They're biding their time out there, for some reason. If we give the Consortium forewarning, they're likely to just grab pills and boost, avoiding a conflict altogether, letting the Carnivian clean up their mess. And besides, the Carnivian could be our ticket out. If they attack, catching Spider and company off guard, we might be able to grab pills and a vehicle and get the hell out of here. It's a hell of a long shot, but it could work. But I have a full staff. I just can't abandon them to monsters while I, we flee to safety. Look, Doc, you said figuring out how to get rid of the dim was key to saving the whole world, and that pills was your best chance at doing just that. Sometimes you gotta make some tough decisions. Mesmer just fell silent. His sadness was palpable, real. As for me, I hated the plan. It was pure moral calculus. The most ethical decision under the circumstances. I hated that Isaiah could suggest such a thing without so much as blinking. I just hoped he was trying to leave Mesmer in the dark, not letting on to the fact that we still had other options. It had gotten to the point where I almost hoped Isaiah was being influenced by the thing from the White Woods. It would mean that this wasn't the real him talking. Regardless, I was no goddamn moral relativist. And if I could get everyone out through the way under the bed, that's exactly what I'd do. Not to mention we'd likely have Sugar in the gang covering our retreat. I'd be damned if this thing went the way of Blackledge. But, at that moment, more than anything else, I wanted to hear the plan Isaiah was keeping under wraps. So, what do we do next? We wait it out, stay cool. If and when the Carnivian attack, we all meet back here. We'll have to play things by ear after that. But look, all this doesn't mean we just wait till the Carnivian decide it's lunchtime. We keep scratching our heads. Maybe there's a better plan out of all of this, and we just need a little more time to come up with it. Very well. Alert me the very second you can think of anything. Anything at all. I, I just can't leave my... Oh, I, I just... Don't worry, Doc. We'll keep you in the loop. Does he really look like he's behind all of this? You can't see that he really gives a damn about what happens to his people? Try dealing with Exos, then you'll realize exactly how well people can lie. Mesmer's little sniffle show isn't convincing me of a damn thing. I don't care about none of that, but I do know a lie when I hear one. And you just told Mesmer a whopper. What are you thinking about? Knocking a hole between the storage room and the lab that got pills in? Sorta. I, uh... Forgot to mention how I got the records out of that locked tower. What with all that's been going down, I never got around to telling anyone. But apparently the Pale Stone and my power get on real well. Because when I try hard enough, I seem to be able to manipulate the stuff. I mean, it isn't much, but maybe enough to get us into the lab. <sighs> and just how the hell are we supposed to operate the Neural Regulator without Mesmer or Haskell to brief us on it? 
Why, I've got complete confidence in my brilliant twin sister to figure it all out. <laughs> you know you're an asshole, right? Seems to me that, uh, I have heard that before. We practically made a beeline to the storage room after Mesmer left, not wanting to waste a moment of our time. There was no telling when the Carnivia would break their fast, so to speak. And it wasn't easy to keep going as I was beyond exhaustion, both mentally and physically. The only thing going for me was my unique mental capabilities, which effectively allowed me to move around while I was largely asleep, letting me recover a little bit. But my mind had really taken a hit. Even with a boatload of meds in my system, I was coming close to hitting a wall. My paranoia was moving into delusion territory, and I began to imagine my brother as a dupe for dark alien powers, which was a hard belief to shake given that it was based on some pretty uncomfortable truths. The room was a bit bigger than I'd imagined. Almost every inch of it was packed with various diagnostic machines and equipment. We quickly gathered in the far corner where the wall lined up with the edge of the lab, and Isaiah readied himself for his newest magic trick. Here's hoping my ability to move the stone wasn't a one-off. Isaiah's power sent a pale fog swirling at our feet, his eyes turning the palest blue. And when his hands touched the pale stone, I could see the stuff quiver slightly, like the surface of a pond struck by a leaf. My brother strained as the wall trembled, the air around us turning cold, our breath becoming mist. As much as he's pissed me off lately, it was hard to watch him strain beneath the weight of his power, his mind struggling to cope with the poison of purest banality. Oh, jeez. It's, it's going. It's going. I, I, I got it. You done it, partner. We can squeeze through there easy enough. Eh, after you guys, I, uh, I need a few seconds. You gonna be okay? Yeah, yeah, I'll be fine. I just need a, I just need a breather is all. Reluctantly leaving my brother behind, I joined Shane in the lab. While the main lights were off, all the glowing telemetry was easy enough to see by. After making sure the coast was clear, I made my way to the neural regulator, past the limp and thoroughly secure form of the inimitable Cellar King. Ascending the few steps that led to the machine's control pod, I assessed the complexity of its interface. Thankfully, the controls weren't all that different from the sleep tracer, the machine we used in New Vic to influence and observe a sleeping subject's mental states. The biggest difference was the vast spectrum of control the neural regulator seemed to exercise over additional mental states. Their various nuances. There were even settings that seemed to induce and control emotions and memories. I couldn't put Pills completely asleep or I'd engage his disappearing trick. So I moved his mind into a deep state of relaxation, something akin to a hypnotic state, balancing his brain between waking and sleeping. Thanks to Carface, we'd gotten back around dusk, just about 24 hours after we left, 
and my powers were sufficiently juiced, even if my mind was hanging by a thread. Not wanting to waste time, or just not wanting to think about the consequences of diving into a person's head who can tap into all conscious thought, I just reclined in the operator's pod and put myself to sleep. The sensation of entering another person's dream, another person's mind, varies from person to person, but generally consists of some similar elements, a wash of emotions, relevant images from the person's life, tragedies, fears. But this was not the case with Angus Pills. The first thing I experienced was the paradoxical touch of both an alien and yet intimately familiar sea. A sense of its infinite depth, its seamless integration with everything it encompassed and all that comprised it. But experiencing things as a mind instead of a body differs in the scope and scale of an available experience. The bodily senses can convey only so much, but the mind, for even such a relatively small organ, can manage a mountain through a mouse hole. And this was certainly the case with Pill's mind, or the collective unconscious, as the two seemed joined right up to the point of almost being indistinguishable. But this was all before I'd even been supplied any coherent imagery. As the immensity of Pill's mind, its extension into the collective unconscious, required my own mind to do some organizing. It seemed that the theme of Pill's mind being a file room decided to take root, as the sight of towering undersea file cabinets stretched out in all directions. Countless loose papers drifting in the brine like infinite schools of dead fish. But far more overpowering than the sights were the sounds, or what manifested as sounds. It was like a million people whispering all at once, underwater, right at the edges of my awareness. It took a good deal of my concentration to focus past them, and it took whatever was left of it to create a more effective way for me to manage all the information. Sinking to the base of the nearest mountain-sized file cabinet, I turned my glowing eyes to the shadows, drawing forth a desk and a chair, and most importantly, a computer. The computer was a manifestation of Pill's integration into the collective unconscious. Or, more specifically, it was a manifestation of his mind filtered through my own. To lessen the burden of trying to manage so much raw data, as my mind was geared more towards information abstraction, I implemented a simple primer, something on the order of a search engine. I typed in a question, and Pill's brain would track down and spit out the answer. Sinking down into the chair, I typed my first question. What is the sleep-wake program? When I hit enter and a chat window popped up, Pill's grinning face staring into mine, I cursed myself for thinking I was going to get what I wanted all easy-like. Why, Rosemary, what a little cheater you are. Stealing the secrets right out of my head. And how strange that this would be your first question. You could type just as easily. What happened to my mommy? But that's a scary question, isn't it? World-shattering, even. Just answer the question, Pills. Very well. 
The Sleep-Wake Project was one of two offshoot programs predicated upon the findings of an older and quite successful effort called the Melangian Initiative, which was under the exclusive control of the Allied Cabal, the Consortium of Doors. The first offshoot was called the Roosevelt Project, and the last, the Sleep-Wake Project. The latter was designed to weaponize the specific kind of hypnopathy that had been encountered within the quarantine city of New Victoria. My mind was boiling as Pill's voice casually laid bare one of my worst fears. But I had to stay calm as my agitation was starting to affect the water around me, the currents beginning to speed up, pushing and pulling at me. I can feel the anger inside of you. <laughs> inside of me. You know what they say, Rosemary. What good is wisdom when it brings no profit to the wise? Or perhaps even more relevant, be careful what you wish for. Just shut up and answer my questions. Very well. Ask away. I was shaking as I typed. What is the sleep-wake cycle? Oh, certainly. That question just makes good sense. But are you sure you want to know? Answer the goddamn question! Suit yourself. You were warned. Rosemary. The sleep-wake cycle was a method of subject enhancement based on research obtained from the Melangian Initiative. This research showed, unequivocally, that profound and sustained psychological stress enhanced the psycho-bioetheric progression of certain superhuman capabilities. In the case of the only two children to graduate the sleep-wake project, twins, Rosemary and Isaiah Stroud. It was determined that they would be separated, beginning a process of episodic and controlled trauma. Trauma which would continue throughout the course of their respective growth, thereby allowing them to develop under measured observation. To this end, once the subjects had attained certain developmental markers, they would be reunited and subjected to continued, though more sophisticated, growth trauma. These trials were geared to the greater good of the esoterium. However, due to the high-risk nature of these trials, the destruction of the subjects was a distinct and unavoidable possibility. Accordingly, certain safeguards were put into place throughout. And there you are. Was it all you hoped for, Romy? <laughs> oh, wait. I'll throw this last bit in just for fun. Because we've grown so close as of late. Due to the sleep-wake program's many initial failures, causing the death of many, many subjects, the Charter members requested assistance from a ranking affiliate from the aforementioned Melengian Initiative to help them get up to speed, as it were. And so, after a one Dr. Edwin Karras joined the effort, an expert in the field of bioethoria, well, the project practically hummed along. <laughs> and there you have it. 
How do you feel now, dream catcher? Rosemary? Rosemary? Are you still there? Are you listening to me? <laughs> Aren't you going to answer me? My mind was broken. Oh, Romy! <laughs> Rosemary, are you listening? <laughs> oh, Rosemary. The Sleep Wake Cycle is a Maltopia production. Today's episode was written by Mark Anzalone and performed by Kelly Bear and Mark Anzalone. The episode was edited by Walker Kornfeld, and sound production and editing was performed by Stephen Anzalone. Be sure to check us out at www.maltopia.com and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Maltopia. That's M-A-E-L-T-O-P-I-A. If you want unique art and animations of Maltopia's stories, visit our YouTube page or click on the link in the show notes. If you're a fan and want to help the show grow, be sure to rate and review us on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. And for more exclusive content, such as additional lore, stories, and art, be sure to check out our Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash Maltopia. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.